105 FM and now 102.3 FM. NBC News Radio, I'm Brian Shook. Ghislaine Maxwell is being found guilty of recruiting young women for convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Maxwell was convicted on five out of the six counts she faced. She now faces up to 80 years in prison. The World Health Organization is cautioning about new COVID-19 variants that arise that could be resistant to current vaccines. The director general said it's possible new strains could require adaptations to vaccines. He stressed the importance for nations to build local manufacturing supplies in anticipation of the virus evolving. New York is reporting 70,000 new coronavirus cases and Governor Kathy Hochul is warning of a difficult January. She says the state should be prepared for a January surge in terms of hospitalizations and deaths. We do think there's going to be a spike in cases that's going to continue, not just in our positive rates, but also in hospitalizations. I'm Brian Shook. Attention Medicare recipients and anyone turning 65. Medicare has approved new benefits not included with original Medicare and older Medicare Advantage plans. You may not be getting all of the benefits you're entitled to, including in-home aids, telephone appointments with your doctors, home-delivered meals and prescriptions. These benefits may be available and it's a free call to enroll. The new plans may also offer free eyeglasses, free hearing aids, free wellness visits, and gym memberships. Call the Medicare Benefits Line now. It's easy. Call 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. Find out if you're eligible for new benefits like meal and prescription delivery, in-home aids, and telemedicine. Some plans may have a $0 monthly premium or zero copays for big out-of-pocket savings. Not all Medicare Advantage plans are alike. The new plans have more benefits for many people. Call 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. Renee Walker of Vila Homes reminds drivers that with the holiday season upon us, our children are counting on your safe driving habits. When you get on the road, remember the three C's of safety, caution, courtesy, and common sense. Safe and sober driving is everyone's responsibility. This reminder from Renee Walker of Vila Homes, representing buyers and sellers all over the Inland Empire. Whether you're selling, buying, renting, or leasing, look to the experts with over 10 years of experience. Call 951-653-6872. That's 951-653-6872. 72 or visit ReneeWalkerHomes.com. That's ReneeWalkerHomes.com. That's Renee Walker of Villa Homes on the air because they care. It's time to make the Tri-City Center in Redlands a regular part of your weekly shopping experience. Tri-City is home to a wide assortment of quality businesses, including the all-new Ocean Aquatics. Check out their variety of exotic tropical fish along with fish food, accessories, and tanks of all shapes and sizes. The Tri-City Center is located just off of Alabama in the Tennessee exits in Redlands. Visit the Tri-City Center today and find out why it's called the Mall with a Heart. 2021 is almost over, and now it's time for New Year's Steve 2022. That's right, New Year's Steve with our own Steve Garanahoe. He'll be spinning all your favorite time-told and proven favorites that just never let you down. The music you know and love. So let the celebrating begin. Happy New Year's from this station. Live New Year's Eve 2022 from our studios. No cover charges, no driving, and all the fun you can pack into one night. Join us for a quality New Year's Eve with New Year's Steve. So get your favorite beverages ready, set aside your favorite snacks, and we'll set up your favorite tunes. And the best part is, no cover charges, no fees. You don't have to worry about parking. And we'll set up your favorite tunes with your friends 
friends, family. Plan on staying safe, cozy, and warm with this station and New Year's Steve, Steve Naranjo. And all you need is your radio. For several years, KCAA has been marketing the Longevity brand of nutritional and personal care products. Our experience with Longevity has been 100% positive, so we are pleased to recommend them to you. Regarding nutritional supplements, we recommend Pollen Burst in the berry flavor and Tangy Tangerine 2.0 in the tablet form. For regularity issues, we recommend 3-Day Cleanse, and for personal care, we recommend Morning Hydration Cream. You can shop online for Longevity at www.kcaateam.com or you can order by phone by calling 800-982-3197 and tell customer support that you are part of the KCAA team. Longevity is an American company based in San Diego. Call Longevity at 800-982-3197 and ask about monthly auto ship that allows you to buy Longevity products at wholesale prices. That number again, 800-982-3197. Art Winery reminds listeners that another holiday season is right around the corner, but for many, it may turn out to be a less than joyous one. Open your hearts to the less fortunate by dropping off a toy at one of the Toys for Joy drop-off points around town. This reminder from Hart Winery, serving the community since 1980. For one of Temecula Valley's oldest winery and wines of exceptional quality, call 951-676-6300 or visit hartfamilywinery.com. K-C-A-A Created and hosted by Scott Knudsen to explore the crossroads of horses and business. On today's show, Scott visits with Ariana Strozzi Masucci, a visionary leader, entrepreneur, and horsewoman. She is the founder of Leadership and Horses and Equine Guided Education with clients all around the world. Now here's your host, Scott Knudsen. Hi, and welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm so proud you joined us today. Whether you're listening to us on KCAA, the NBC affiliate out in California, or if you're watching our podcast on one of our many platforms, we really appreciate it. Today, we have a very special guest. You're going to have a lot of fun today. Ariana Strozzi Mazuki. Ariana, she is a visionary leader. She's an entrepreneur, and she's a horsewoman. And she's a founder of Leadership Horses and Guided Education. And she has clients all around the world. We're going to learn so much and have so much fun today. Thank you for listening. Ariana, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk and get to know you better, too. Oh, my goodness. I've been looking forward to it. Um, Man, I love that shirt. That is so cool. Thank you. I just, this is one of my new shirts. I love it. Very cool. waiting for a special occasion. Today's a special occasion. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. So, so how did this all come about? Because you, you do so much in the industry around the world. And I, I read somewhere you had over 6,000 clients. Yeah. So how, how did this start for you? Gosh, that's a good question, um, Scott. So, you know, I'm a lifelong horse woman. I've been around horses my whole life. And um, my joke used to be that I was trying not to make um, horses, my business, but they've been my business since I was nine years old. I've been making money with horses since I was nine. Isn't that and yeah. And, uh, they just never let me turn, turn, turn around, you know? So, um, 
you know, I went all through growing up, I actually, in hindsight, was very fortunate to be able to have my horses at different stables. So I got to see a lot of different disciplines. And of course, at every stable, um, the, there was always one particular discipline and people were like, this is the way you do horses. And if you don't, it's kind of like there's something wrong with you really. Right? right. And I was like, after a while, I was like, no, you know, I really like this part. I don't like that. I like this. And I kind of had my own way. And I, it's funny. I, I just uh, finishing a book, uh, my personal journal, but I realized that in all these tables, I always, for some reason, had my own tack area. Like I had my own sort of little world with the horses that separate from everybody else. I, I don't know what that's interesting, but I think it would also help me to just um, be really true to my own self and see, see what I see or saw. And I also didn't realize it at the time, but I was also very dyslexic. So I really didn't track in words um, that people spoke, but I really tracked much more in the energy field and the energy of people, which is how the horses track. And so even as a kid, like nine, 10 years old, I'd, I'd see my, at that time she was a dressage trainer. Um, every day, the day before her show, that horse would go lame. And I could see it was because she was so stressed out, you know, and, and stuff, but being a little kid, you just keep your mouth shut and don't say anything. Um, so fast forward, you know, I went to UC Davis and majored in zoology worked at a lot of other different horse ranches, but I also got to work with all these wild animals. Um, I specialized with birds of prey, so hawks, eagles, and owls. And I worked in the non-domestic ward. So I was working with like alligators and panthers, zoo animals, things that could kill you, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I, they taught me the same lessons that the horses had taught me and through which I teach to this day that they really see what's on the inside of you, not what you are, you know, they're really like really being like right at the core of you right. and how you feel about yourself and how you believe in yourself or not. So they're just this mirror. And so when you're around these big animals or animals that, you know, can turn around and, and hurt you, you're thinking, I better know who I am in there. Like Absolutely. I gotta stay really in, authentic and in touch with that. You know, and, and uh, so fast forward, um, I get out of college, I'm a single mom. And uh, I, I'm training some horses on the side, I got some riding lessons, but I was like, I got to do, um, you know, I, I need to take care of my baby. And um, so somehow I joined the Chamber of Commerce, you know, like any city has. Sure. And I'm a business and professional woman, I was a young woman like 25 and these women sort of took me under their wing in a sense and I I got to learn all this leadership stuff and leadership dynamics and that progressed the more I studied leadership the more I thought wow you know who better to tell you when you're being present or centered than a horse because yeah. leadership really isn't about your title of authority or it's not about how smart you are or if you're, you know, and, and, and as human beings, we just have leadership all wrong. That's a whole nother yeah. topic, but, but, um, so I started, I was lucky enough that I had people accessible to me. So I started what I called leadership at that time it was called leadership, somatics and horses and somatics. Like, and I'm a young, pretty woman and I'm sitting there talking about leadership, somatics and horses. And I'm, I can see like people's eyes glaze over and they're kind of like, okay, Arena, that's nice, you know, 
that's just like, no, it's real. It's real. You got to come see it. You know, I was just so fascinated by it and I just believed in it so much. Right. And so I would, I'd had people that were leadership coaches, um, in leadership training programs, Aikido is a whole nother piece we can talk about, which is kind of really interesting little piece that relates also to Sally Swift. Okay. Um, and what happened was everybody said, oh my gosh, this is what's happening in my real life. You know, and there's like, it's happening in my, my home life. It's happening in my work life. And I was already working with, you know, people developing their presence and their way of being. And I said, well, let's work with your real life um, issue or topic. I don't like to call it issue because it's not a negative, but with your real life moment and let's see if we can make a change. And so the horses were mirroring the underlying moods and attitudes a person had about any subject matter they were talking about. So, you know, when we're going through transition and transformation, sometimes we're stuck in a limiting unconscious self-belief or too worried about what everybody else is going to think of us or and yet we have this idea and this dream of the future and how to sort of, you know, unclutter the junk that we're the self, you know, the, the junk we're carrying around the what ifs and doubts and stuff and like move that as because horses actually are not interested in that at all. Not at all. So it started like that. And then it, 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 I mean, there's, you know, I could go on, but it, 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 about 1996, I got a call from Franklin Levinson and he said, Hey, what are you, what are you doing? You know, like he saw me on the internet and, and that's when the internet kind of started people that were really savvy you know, started. And then in about 1999, the, the, the waterway opened up and this work really started to kind of come out of the, you know, out of the like little corners. But, you know, if you think about Tom Dorrance's book, True Unity, mm-hmm. like here he was this cowboy, what it was like 1940 or something yes. like that. Yes. And he's talking about the mind, body and spirit. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. David, it, it, just like you, though, you know, it, it's so perceptive. You were always at the forefront of so many different things. That's why I love spending time on your website, studying yeah. you. <laughs> uh, and and it, it's, but it's something somebody can learn from. So, you know, when they're listening to us or watching the show, they can learn and take notes from this. And, and being so perceptive as a nine or 10 year old young lady, knowing why that horse went lame when I'm sure other people didn't, that were adults. Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. And then, yeah, and my journal, my it's a very personal journal, but I, there's a chapter that I never was gonna talk about. Um, but it was, um, it was the girl, you know, the girls at the stables. There's a group of girls that came to the stables, and they were mm-hmm. kind of like the mean girls, you know. And there was one one girl that was so, so mean to her horse, and I remember I mean, she would just start beating him out of nowhere. We'd just be standing around, and and. I would be like, Hey, why are you doing that? You know, you don't need to do that. I didn't do nothing. And, um, and then I'd start talking to the horse in silence, you know, like, and he was, I mean, he, these horses that put up with so much, so much, you know, abuse, um, miscommunication. I just, I'm in awe of them. 
And yes. I've always been a student of them. Like, how do you, how do they do that? Like, how do they not judge somebody? How do they keep showing tolerate. up? How do they tolerate somebody? You know, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Um, like, like you say, just the communication part, it doesn't have to be a physical communication at all. Just by watching oh, no. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the whole body of work. So what I, it, so in about 1999 and this other work came out there was equine facilitated equine assisted um those are more therapeutic models mine's more a little more of a coaching model um coming out of more leadership and uh, how, where do you want to move forward in your life although they're all applicable right right and then, um and so the horse is uh, what i call the horse as the healer teacher um and sometimes the horse is the healer and sometimes the horse is the teacher Absolutely. and when we're doing this scott we trade roles like um, for people that are horse people, sometimes this is the hardest uh, transition to make because as horse people were trained that the horse has to do specific things when we say for them to do it. And when we're doing equine guided education, with the way the horse is mirroring a person is the most important thing. And it's, um, it's, it's the information that we're gaining Right. And so there's, there's a whole like method to that, to separate it from horsemanship. And as a professional horsewoman, I've had to learn, you know, what hat am I wearing right now? Am I wearing my horse training hat or am I wearing my EG hat? Um, and, and that's a, and so I like the word guide because it means to take one into unknown or unexplored love territory. I love that. Scott will be right back with more from Ariana Strozzi Masucci. Hi, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Today, we're going to talk about something I'm really passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. Those that don't, now you know I do. And we've been working on this for several months, and we, we wanted to get it just right. And we don't put our name on anything unless we feel 100% certain it's, it's the best product we can get. And uh, we, we've done it. I really believe we've done it. We've created a coffee line, 13 great flavors. I'm gonna show you three of them. We have K-Cups in all 13 flavors. Here's a Jamaican Me Crazy. It's a, just a really great coffee. Everyone has great logos. It has a brand, the same brand that's on our horses, our trailers. You know that brand means something and we wouldn't put it on here if it wasn't good coffee. We have whole bean. This is a great Honduran blend and uh, it's a whole bean coffee. We have whole bean in all 13 flavors. And then we have a ground coffee. Uh, this is a really great one. My wife and I really like this a lot, loved it. So we named it after our daughter, Hayes Glenn. Everyone has the packaging and the logo of the show, our brand, and I hope you like it. I, I really believe you will. And we're gonna have more flavors coming out soon. We're gonna have the pumpkin spices and then we're gonna go to peppermint after that. And please send us your suggestions as well. You can find it at cowboyentrepreneur.shop. Think coffee shop cowboyentrepreneur.shop. Thank you so much. It was yeah. To give up control. You know, when you've been around horse all your life, you think you know everything. And really I find every day I go to the barn and a horse will teach me something. You know, whether they'll teach me directly or they'll teach me watching a horse treat another horse a certain way. And once you give up that control, you can learn so much. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that you're, and you're, that you're being open and curious yes. instead of being certain and knowing. And right. I think that transition, Scott, is like the keys to the kingdom of freedom. Absolutely. In any relationship. 
Uh, I, I, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. So, so what discipline did you ride, or have you rode different ones, or which one did you? Start when I was with? a kid, I started out on the trail, and then um, got into Gymkhana for a bit, and then I had a Western, so one of those old, old classic Western English riding teachers, and then we started jumping. I don't know. I might have been like nine or ten. And I mean, we just started jumping over barrels and I, my horse was like a pretty wild, fast pony and big pony. I mean, she was a little horse, but big, well, she was not really a little horse. I mean, she wasn't the big horse, but anyway, so I, you know, we would go over the, go to, go to the jump and I would just fall off because she didn't know how to jump and I didn't know how to jump and she'd go too soon or too late. And then after a while, she's like, I'm not even going to go over the jump. You're just going to fall off, you know? And so I was saying, this ain't, this isn't so fun. And just about then this English, this lady from England came and she was teaching dressage and three-day venting. So I became her sort of honorable student for many, many years and got really into it. Of course, I loved the jumping and, um, and I loved the speed and the jumping because it was three-day venting. Like you'd work all year just to go to that one or two shows and it was three days and dressage one day and, you know, cross country was my favorite and then stadium. And we were the fastest. We became actually the fastest, best jumpers in multiple wow. counties. Wow. And that's because Angela, her name was Angela Littlefield. And that's because she, when she started teaching us, and it was ground poles. It was ground poles for six months. You're the one that's in, you know, responsible for helping your horse to get over that jump. And we're not going to progress until you're ready. And the discipline was fantastic. I mean, it was, um, so I did that for many years and we did the dressage. My horse wasn't, wasn't her favorite, favorite thing um, to do. And then, you know, fast forward to when I was about 30, I, um, you know, my main horse, I had to retire and I was getting a new horse and I was going, I had my second daughter and I'd have her on my back, you know, in a little backpack and I'd go to these dressage shows to just like kind of see the scene and what's going on and I started seeing things differently Scott it was like the horses weren't happy they were pinning their ears and scrape you know winding their tails mm -hmm. and I had always been a competitor before and I hadn't seen that my horse didn't like dressage I just thought it was her um and or maybe it was the way you know whatever but right. that's another that's another story but um and then I started thinking, well, I just really love the paint horses, the paint quarter horses. I love quarter horses. I love paint color horses. Right. And I started thinking, what did, because I was like, I tried, I, so I went out to buy a paint quarter horse, like my mare with a big white bald face. And I came home with a Arabian gelding. There was, a, I was like, what was I thinking? That's the other side. <laughs> and then I tried to get him to jump. And trying to get an Arab to jump. And everybody says, Arabs don't jump. And I'm like, no, no, I can do that. I can, I can do right? it. <laughs> yeah. And I was up to what I was like, no, Anna, you know, this is like a lot harder than it needs to be. <laughs> and so, um, so then I, and then I didn't really want one of the big horses. I mean, I, I live out in the country. I like my horses to go outside. I don't, I'm not a big, put them in the stall kind of, right. you know, person, unless we're showing big time. And so I started thinking, well, what's the horses I love? What do they do best? And they do Western reining, working cow horse. So I got into reining and working cow horse, fell in love with it, fell in love with it. And, and I had to deconstruct 
so much of my other because in dressage and everything else you're just really holding on and you're working 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 and god you just had to let it all go it was so freeing and then to let the horse do much more of their own natural movement and help them you know bring that out it was just fantastic it's incredible what event what a story you know how you just went along with the horse and the horse told you you know what event and you went there and trusted the horse and it worked out and raining yeah. is so beautiful working cow horse is so beautiful whenever that when it's one one team one person one horse together well and it has the you know it, it, dressage and reining are similar in the sense that it takes a lot you have to be a team mm-hmm. you can't really just buy a horse that's all super up trained and and be able to show that horse for very long anyway right it's really right. teamwork and right. and it really is both of those are very demanding and if you're too too insistent with your horse and you're not listening you can burn them out so fast you right. know but right. when it's done well it's so beautiful oh it's gorgeous it's yeah. an artist it's just beautiful yeah. Um, yeah so there's so much i want to talk to you so being an entrepreneur so so you're noticing things about horses and problems with as nine or ten and you're trying to figure out how to fix it you know what's going on with that and you're already problem solving which is a big part of being an entrepreneur at 20s in your 20s you're with the chamber of commerce what advice can you give an entrepreneur maybe someone listening here on kcaa today to start how, you know what did you do what was your first step um so that's a really good question i think when i was younger i probably thought maybe i'm not fitting in with everybody else you know cuz i mm-hmm. um i tried the 9 to 5 job thing didn't really work so well um and i think the key is and you know because being an entrepreneur and i've done a number of different things and like you said i've been ahead of the market Yes, you have like that leadership in horses. I was way ahead. And, and, um, and, and David White, who's a famous poet has says some, he said something in one of his, his lectures once. And he said, you know, sometimes the visionary is someone who sees things up to 50 years ahead of their time. So they're out there like, like Tom Dorrance saying something that everybody doesn't quite understand yet. And then someday it becomes like commonplace or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think the key is, to, to be able to just really believe in yourself, like to keep truing to yourself and, and to not worry so much about what other people think. Right. I mean, we are a social animal and horses and humans are social animals. And so right. the worst fear of a horse or a human is that we might get excommunicated or separated out or something, you know? Right. And I just right. saw that happening to people and it was also self-imposed it's like why like with the mean girls the things so mean to the the little girls I'm like why are you letting them do that you know and then I tried you know anyway so being like I would you know and also challenge your fears you know like when you think well what you know like what someone's like he's like well I don't know what my husband's gonna think or I don't know what my dad's gonna think and then you go like what's the worst thing that's gonna happen what's the worst thing right and then like they might say well, I mean, I had so many people and the men and everybody say, this is never going to work, Ariana. I hate that. That just fires me up. And it seems, yeah. it seems like it does you too. 
Yeah, no, I swear to God, if you want to make me do something, tell me I can't do it. Absolutely. Right? That's a true like... entrepreneur right there. <laughs> what do you mean Arabians don't jump? Let me show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you some do, but absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but how hard do you want to work? But uh um with with my one horse. I'm not saying anything else about Arabians in general that way. But um um, so that's one thing. And then um you got to just keep, you know, it's like my grandfather always said, you fall off the horse, you get back on. Absolutely. And, you know, you fall off your horse, something didn't work, just try another way. And sometimes my mistakes have been the thing that really opened up the next door for me. It was my biggest learning curve, you know, Absolutely. and, um, and always just asking, like, how can I improve? Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody says, well, you know, I don't like you or I don't like what you're doing and say, well, how, what would, what would you like, or how would that be better? Not right. that I have to do that, but I'm just, you know, and having this really like never ending curiosity for yeah. life, like what, and a lot of what ifs, you know, like, and, and challenge, like that was the huge piece with the equine guide education mm -hmm. piece by piece, breaking down everything I knew about horses and all the things I'd been told and learning how to just like, you know, honestly, they're just really just listening to our energy and our intentions. That's all it is. That's what yeah. human beings listen to. So if we're walking around with our interior intentions of, you know, no one's going to like me, no one's going to believe in me. Well, that's going to manifest. Yes, it will. And the other thing is to get out of your way, because I think too, sometimes as entrepreneurs, especially when we're doing things that are about, um, I mean, the hardest thing to, for me to do, Scott, is put myself out there. Yes. I can put other else out there, you know, and then the, so this is a thing for entrepreneurs. So one thing I did is I would trick myself and I'd say, okay, just pretend you're doing this for somebody else. And sometimes I didn't even ask somebody else, like, would you write up something about me? You know, okay. instead of, you know, me. Uh, and that, yeah. And that's another thing too. So every once in a while, I'll just go out and ask five people and say, I'd like, you know, can you offer me what, who, who do you see me as being, you know, what do you see in me? And then you just get this really consistent thing back. And, um, and so those are, those are things. And, you know, just um, like my grandpa said, you know, fall off the horse, you just get back on. You might have to try things at a couple of different angles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? that's so great because even if it's not a horse, it's if, if it's your business and if something's not working, you're not selling your product, you can still try something else to sell it. And, and like you did, jumping disciplines in the horse world, that's not easy because if you're in three day, the people in the three-day eventing, that's the only thing in the horse industry. And to go to that, to working cow to reining, that's tough, but you changed your, your, your uh, path. And yeah. I, and I, and I think that's true. And I think that I didn't act like I knew it all. Yeah. You know, I didn't stay held on to like, well, dressage people do it this way, or, right. you know, I really immersed myself with fascination in, into that curiosity and what's their way. It doesn't mean I have to buy everything that they right they do, you know? So as you were saying that you brought up something really important and I think, and um, very interesting is that, you know, um, 
sometimes you put something out there, you name your, let's say you name a program or you put your offer out there and nobody signs up for it. And instead of just thinking, God, I suck, like look into that. And I I do the same thing. And I'm actually having some, an issue right now with this new program I'm trying to put forward for another uh, leadership Institute. And so I, I, I practice what I teach, which is um, I always say my favorite line is horses make decisions based on how they feel, not on how they think. That's awesome. And then coming back, getting out of your head, getting out of the piece of paper and just going, how do I feel about this? Um, is, do I have the energy for it? Is this something I'm just pushing through and is the energy support, you know, energy in the field supporting me, or am I just like banging my head, you know, like against the wall and nothing's happening and stopping and going, okay, I just, it's kind of like the crystal ball with, or the crystal with different faces. And I'm just not looking at this with the, from the right face. I need to turn my stone around, you know, and then when you do at some point it'll just lighten up you know makes sense total sense and and that's just being honest and transparent with yourself asking those questions and, and uh, uh that that's wonderful so so when you're doing rolling out a business or you are a visionary there's no doubt when you're doing do you set goals and and if so how long do you set them out for awesome yeah you know i do i um awesome I do. I, every, this time of year, at the end of the year, beginning of the new year, I sit down and I, I actually write down my goals and, um, and then every once in a while I will do my five-year, 10-year plan, especially when I'm starting something really new. So I did a lot of, in fact, I just, in moving, I just found a piece of paper the other day with my leadership and horse goals from like 2000, 2005. How I'm cool. like, damn, I did it. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know like, oh man. but it's the power of intention. And there's, you know, there's movies and books written on that. And I'm like, I'm a firm believer of that. And so the, uh, the way I would encourage people to do it, the way I do it is, um, I mean, sometimes it's a monetary thing that you're going mm-hmm. for. Um, or maybe it's an, an identity piece in terms of getting known or getting seen. Um, and so for me, and I have run several different businesses, many of which are still very successful to this day that I've you know moved awesome. on to other owners and stuff, um, is I will do it on first from a, um, I like to do it first from a financial thing in terms of like, how much do I want to make in a year? Um, how would many, how much would that be a month? Um, how many clients, you know, or customers would I need to serve that kind of thing? Or, and sometimes there's a combination of, I need to get myself out there, which I haven't done in a couple of years. But when I was really doing that, it was like, how many colleges do I want to speak at? Um, how many trade shows do I want to go to or horse expos or, um, you know, those kind of things. And, you know, you got to spend money to make money too. So you know, but, and then having a game or I, I like to have a game or a challenge. I'm, you know, obviously I'm like, sure. like challenges. So don't tell anybody that. Um, <laughs> I'll, but, I'll keep your secret. <laughs> but but um, in a good way. Right. But yeah. um, so it, it could even be like once the business is going, so let's say you're already got a pretty good business going. Sometimes it's good to just say, you know, this is good for now. Let's just, any business is going to reach a point of plateau. Sure. 
where it's just the smooth running ship. And, you know, sometimes that's really nice to have. And sometimes we're kind of thinking we just got to keep pushing it up and pushing it up and pushing it up. And then it's not working. And sometimes you got to maybe it's just time to enjoy the plateau. Yeah. So there's this plateau where you're, you know, it's a smooth running ship. Um, and, and to really take time sometimes to appreciate that, because sometimes we just want to keep pushing it up and making it more and more. And um, that's a place where I'm really at now with with people that I work with is like, what's healthy success? Right. That's good. You know, because we are, you know, success, that's especially good. entrepreneurs, we success is always like, yes. what's the next bar? What's the next bar? The higher jump, the right. And and to to finally at some point go, actually, this is really sustainable, really good and actually feels good. And I could maybe hang out here for a year or two until it feels right to, to take that you know, to the next level, because the ticket to the next level really requires a lot more than you think it does. It, it, it's more than just keeping it going. And I've seen, um, you know, some of my competitors um, in this field take a big hit when they just thought, you know, their book came out and they just thought, this is going to be like this forever. It's like going to yeah. be this increasing forever chart, you know, and and so really appreciating the, that plateau and not seeing that as an, as a negative, but a really time to gather your resources. It's kind of like thinking about the herd, the horses out in the, in the wild, like they don't just go, 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 run, run, run. You know, they take time to maybe, this is a nice area. I might hang survey. out here for a while, you know? Survey the landscape. They're very resource efficient, you know? Yes. Absolutely. Now, I love that about being healthy to the healthy plateaus, because um, I, I do see that a lot. You know, everybody as an entrepreneur or somebody that's a competitor, you always want to just jump to the top. And sometimes on that way, stopping so, is so important just to look around before you make that next Stop step. And enjoy it. Absolutely. Like, be satisfied because that actually is energy that feeds your soul. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, and, it, what and, it does, because, you know, being an entrepreneur, you chose the business. It's your yeah. business. So you got to yeah. enjoy it, because if you don't enjoy it, who the heck else will? Yeah. Well, and then, too, even being an entrepreneur, sometimes what we started out doing with the horses, pretty soon I'm in here in my library on the computer doing stuff to market or to, you know, talk to people. And that's the new thing for me is the computer Mm -hmm. the amount of time that it takes for us to do all the technology pieces right. that we need to do. And then I'm hiring somebody to go outside and I'm like, well, I'm should be out there. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Switch it and have somebody in here so I can be out there. Yeah. And you're needed everywhere. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with Ariana Strozzi Masucci. For more information on Scott Knusen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, Visit us online at cowboyentrepreneur.com. So, so when you do your goals and you look at them at the end of the year, when, when you do see them, and if there's someone there you did, that's great. Do you focus on that part of it or do you focus on the ones you didn't hit? Um, good question. Usually I end up pretty much hitting my targets. Um, when I don't, that's awesome. yeah, I, um, when I don't, um, I just do set that reflection, like what, was I pushing too much? Was I asking for too, you know, 
-hmm. too much increase. And I think, you know, having done it for as long as I've done now, I, I kind of know what's reasonable. Like if I, this is a good example. Like, so if I say I'll, um, cause I, I like, um, I don't know. I like the finance piece. I, we, like I said, it's the game, it's the increase, it's that kind of thing. Sure. And, um, and actually, you no, know, usually most of anything that I make goes right back into the land, you know, yeah, um, and, and that kind of stuff. But so let's say, let's say, for example, I set an amount for this, this year, I want to make this much money and I will literally map it out by month. Um, by number of customers or number of products that I have and products could be like um, a workshop it could you know clinic uh, things right. like that one-on-ones um, -on that kind of stuff and and then I'll monitor that every month so I, I watch the the ups and downs and so during a, a month or two if a month or two goes beyond sort of the average then that's my wake-up call right and not just wait until the end of the year to go, oh, wow, why did that happen? I think that's such a secret that I think most people don't do or they don't have time to do. I think it's so important. Don't wait till the end of the year to see where you're tracking for your goals. You do it. Well, and the, the, and the other thing that I do, because I'm a really visual person, is I put um, a board up. Um, I used to do this all the time. And actually, I'm going to go back to it because it really works for me. And I, I'm because I'm really visual and hands-on, um, I, I also have my like my actual handwritten calendar. I don't do my calendar online. It's, I write things down. That's what I have to do, you know? Right, right. Um, but I have this thing that I can just look at my wall. Let's say I have a class or a program I'm promoting and anybody that has expressed interest, I write them down in one color. And then once I've talked to them and they're like, yeah, I really want to be in, then they get underlined. And then when they register and pay, then they get to be another color. Um, so at a glance, it's so it's, it's kind of like putting an energy That's into awesome. it. And I'm, and, and by doing that, they're people. So they're people who I know I can help change their life. Right. They're just not a name. There's like, I really care about that person. And I know she gets in this class her her dilemma will be solved you know that's so awesome that is yeah. so awesome so let's segue in because that's perfect 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 so for someone to take a clinic or 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 to um learn about your follow your your teaching methods what's the best way for someone to find you? well you know speak, okay here's another one speaking of that i'm in a, a a slight brand um branding transition okay so um and that being said, it's important, I think, to do that every so often, especially if you're going to be a clinician, I agree. Um, you know, person who's training um, and, and a wise, wise old man once told me, he said, um, you, you need to change, you need to look at your curriculum and change it an average of every seven years. Okay. And that's in the leadership and um, coaching business, but I see that to be so. And you can look at the last seven years, even just how things change, and even with COVID and what we're dealing with, like you know, that like last year, twenty twenty December, I was like, okay, I've been spending the last whatever ten more years, ten or more years, branding myself against my competition because I wanted my brand of Skyhorse Equine Guide Education to be there because it is it's one of the three methods 
that's out right. there. And, and, and I used to have an association and I, I held eight international conferences oh my. and I brought people from all around the world so that I didn't have to travel all around, but I got to see all of the pioneers and all the people that were doing this kind of work and all the different, you know, styles. Sure. Um, and then at one point I was like, okay, I'm spending all my time doing this, but I really want to take care of my, my clients and my students. And, and it was, became very political. It was really about politicking, you know, and I, so I backed out of that. And um, so the way people can get a hold of me now is it's so like in December last year, I was calling my work, um, which it is, it's still called equine guided somatics, which is a lot of people don't even know what that means. Um, so tell so us. It was very yeah, specific. Tell us real quick. Yeah, tell us. Yeah. So, so, so somatics is actually very up and coming right now. But what it means is the mind, the body, and the spirit as a unity, just like Tom Dorrance was saying. And you, it's, you, 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 it's not, you can't separate them out. So you can't, it's not enough to change your mind to change your behavior. Right. You have to change the body. Um, and the body is your animal body. It's your instinctive body. It's your first responder, you know, and it holds all of your memory and all of your history, just like a horse does too. Yes. You know, so the horse has a traumatic memory. He's always going to have that. And certain sights, sounds, smells are going to trigger that. It's same thing for us. And so when we want to go through some deep change and transformation, we have to work with reconditioning our own body's experience to our right. our environment, just like we would with a horse, right? right. Um, and so, yeah, and so then coming through COVID, and that's interesting too, because a lot of my business has become very international. So I have people flying on planes and and stuff. And with COVID, that, that stopped. Sure. So, and I've known for a long time that in, intuitively I knew, um, there's going to come a time when maybe people are going to be flying on planes all the time. And my business is heavily relying on that. So I started to diversify at, at that point in time. Um, and so right now, the, one of the, my classes is just simply called horses, healing humans. Awesome. Cause that's what we need. We need uh, absolutely we all need some healing. And so the way people can find me right now is they can um, look up, my name, Ariana Strozzi or Ariana Strozzi Mizuki. Um, they can look me up at uh, skyhorseacademy.com and uh, kasariranch.com. So kasari is uh, C-A-S-A-R-I ranch.com. And in the new year, I'm going to be switching my website because I put them, separated them. I'm right. bringing them back together under one roof, but people will be able to find me that way. That's so cool. And how, so how do you come up with the name Skyhorse? Um, Skyhorse, that's a good question. Um, Skyhorse is like, I actually have the, I am also an artist. And um, and that's one of the things on my new website, I mean, my horse work is going to be up awesome. on there. Exciting. Back up there, yeah. Um, but Skyhorse is looking up to like the new moon and just like all the possibilities. It's like creating Absolutely. new horizons in life and work and you just it's all open and and when we're going through transition or we're going for our dream i just think it's so important like you know to just think about the big picture and when you know being an entrepreneur 
it's important. That's part of what being an entrepreneur is, Absolutely. is being the visionary and getting up out of your, you know, out of your present moment and getting up in that big bird's eye view and saying, seeing the future, connecting. I mean, to me, entrepreneurs are connecting to seamlessly different things together that other people would be like, you're crazy. Yeah. And what you're saying, whether it's the first of the year, somebody sees the show or listens to us on KCAA, or if it's the first of the week, there's always something, if you're looking, there's always something to do that can help you in a positive way. And that's what's so inspiring. That's why I'm so excited about you being on the show. That's doesn't matter when you start, you just got to start. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like last year I was like, Hey, Ariana, you know, you actually haven't done your sit down and did your, do your vision work. Right. Right. And it was mid -year and I did it. And six months later I moved, I'm, you know, all the, whatever was stuck about in terms of me moving my business forward uh -huh. is now unstuck. Amazing how that works, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. A little focus. Oh, it's so great. And you know, I did the years and I'm sure you do too, to do the years, but even weekly and, and somebody's watching can say how to this week, my goal is, and it could be one small step, but as soon as you do it, the next week could be two. And it just transitions on from there. I think in the beginning, you're right. And that's really important in the beginning. It, it's here's my year. Here's my month. Here's every week. And it's very concrete. You know, you go, wow, I would need five clients a week to get my 20 clients a month, or I would need to do, you know, um, 10 programs a year. Is that feasible? Cause I've got winter. Um, and then if it's not feasible, then maybe do I raise my prices? Um, you know, and that's the other thing is that's always the kind of, um, most challenging I think is being willing, you know, to raise your prices and especially right. in the horse world where it, you know, exactly yes so I, so how can somebody how can somebody if they, they think okay i need to raise my prices my product's proven how can somebody mentally go in there and do that because that's scary for a lot of people i'm glad you brought that up that's really yeah. hard no matter if they're a saddle maker or a horse trainer whatever they do it's it's scary right it is and this is where you trick your mind so um so one is go out and see what else everybody is charging. Maybe not even just in your area. So like, again, doing that panoramic view, because sometimes some regions are really, really undercharging compared to other regions. So just kind of getting a feel. Um, look at who's somebody who you, who you respect. What are they charging? And then the other thing is when I, because I work with lots of people just starting out, right? And they, they just think, well, I just, I don't really know. I'm not that experienced yet. And so, <laughs> you know, like, and that's not going to sell anything. No. Right. And so, and so if you underprice yourself, people psychologically will think what, why, what's wrong. hundred percent. Absolutely. So the way to trick your trick is I charge $225 an hour. And this is for my, my leadership and Horses coaching. I, I charge $85 to $100 an hour for my equine, which is interesting, right? So for my horse training, it's like, why am I charging less? Well, truth is when I'm training horses, it's like I, I can do it with my eyes closed. I, I don't have to use a lot of brain cells. But when I'm when I'm doing equine guide education, it's a lot more brain cells. So it's let's say $225 an hour. Now the way you can trick your mind is you, you have to learn how to embody like, oh yeah, I charge $225 an hour. 
And because, but because you know, Jane, I'd be happy to, to do that for you for 175. But you watch their body language. And if they go, oh God, like 225, like, then you go, well, I'd be happy, you know. And then even what I did in the early, my early years mm-hmm. is if I what if I if I was putting it out there like that and I wasn't getting it back, um, there was a couple of times where I would just do pro bono. Um, especially so when I was chamber of commerce, I would get some of these people and I'd say, Hey, I would love for you to come and be a guest at my clinic this weekend. So let's say I have a clinic and I only have five people signed up, but I really wanted 10. Then I go out and find people to help fill those seats. So it's because this, the class will be better yes. for, for everybody if it's a little more. Um, and so, yeah, so I'll, I'll find guests. Um, somebody who, if they saw this work and saw how amazing it was, they would be referring people. And also sometimes just a gift to somebody who, who right. has been generous to me and here's a gift. And if you can't make it, bring, give it to somebody else to be in the class. And it's outside you know. the box thinking, but totally makes sense. Yeah. Totally makes yeah. sense. And I yeah. think that's what makes you such a great entrepreneur, but also a great teacher is is the way to fill up a class when it's your first class and how do you do it that's going to help pay off dividends where that yeah. one free seat you gave away might be 10 sold seats within the month well so i i you know one of my first best clients um in the corporate world was um the founder of the institute for women's leadership and she did my work she thought it was amazing um because she was in one of our leadership classes and she really wanted to bring it to her leadership woman, but she was really worried about what they were going to think. And we went around about for about two or three years. And this happened to a couple other leadership things too. And finally I said, Hey, Riona, look, why don't we, let me just do pro bono. Let me do a whole day for your people and just see. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And she put it on the side of her program. So if it didn't work, it didn't make her look bad. And it was like profound. So I then, she put me on the first day of her six month executive women leading change programs because she could see, she could see everything she needed to see about each of her clients that she needed to work on. And she knew that because we're doing this equine guided work, we can get to the core topics and issues in minutes versus months, six months or more. And so I, I had, I was in her institute for years after that. And, and I, that's how I got into other leadership programs um, was by, by doing the pro bono. What, what a great way and great concept for you, but also for, for her to take that opportunity. Uh, yeah. So exciting. So, so uh, let's talk books. So not, not yeah. only do you do the entrepreneur, you do the education, you write books and you wrote many books. Would you, if you have one, would you mind showing and, and, and maybe we yeah, talk about sure. how you started that. You know, how did you yeah. start writing books? Oh, gosh. Um, that's a good question. I, my first book is um, Horse Sense for the Leader Within. Awesome. And this is the second edition. And uh, the first one was, are you leading your life or is it leading you as a subtitle? <laughs> that's um, a great question right there. That's awesome. Yeah. And this one is an equine guided approach to leadership. So I was fascinated with what I was learning and what I was seeing. And I was like, as I was taking leadership programs, I was doing this work and I was like, gosh, there's so much in, in leadership and horsemanship that's the same. Yes. And so 
I became the student of that in a very, you know, specific way. And I started writing this book, took me over four years to write this book. Um, and I actually had a, a publisher for it and she wanted me to write stories about horses and women. And I was like, no, I want to write. So I, I, I ended up self-publishing it, but it, it's out there still around the world and it's getting um, translated into German. Um, now and um, is a, a significant resource. And I, I really wanted to um, write it, whether you were a horse person or a leader, like it, you didn't have to be a horse person to read the book and you didn't have to be a leader to read the book. I like it that. really wanted, yeah. And I, again, the publisher, everybody said, you can't, that's not gonna work. You need to pick one. And I was like, no, I, I this is what I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure this out. Right. And so in this one, there's, um, there's the nine principles of what I call intuitive leadership, which is that sensate leadership, you know, um, before the words. And, uh, you know, in human sciences, we've shown that less, I mean, less than 7% of our communication is word content. The rest is body language wow. and tone of voice. And that's what the horses are listening to. That's the world they live in. So that they become our teachers of how they are assessing and listening to that. And then we often go like, you know, I actually feel the same way, but yeah. I now it's, I, I got some confirmation for that, you know? Um, and so three, three of the, three of the nine is our nature. Like, so we're a social animal. We're born to be part of the whole or herd. And we have an innate desire to contribute and to be of value. And we need a place of belonging. Um, and that we also, um, fear is, is an important part of our life that we need to not just shy away from, but we also shouldn't be afraid of it either. Yeah, right, um, right. and it's the same, that's the same with horses. We're, we have the same, you know, one thing I'll just say, Scott is like, I do not, there's a lot, there's other practitioners out there that say the reason why we can do this work is because the horse is a prey animal. And I don't agree with that. I, right. they, they, we, we can do this because we have the same instinct to connect. Right. Um, and as I, I mean, I've bred horses, you know, like a horse is born. He's like, who are you? You know, like, yeah, yeah curious. Um, yeah. And then, and then the other six are like trust, intention, intuition, um, confidence, um, curiosity, these universal principles and that any social animal is, is looking for, um, right. to, con to build an, a bond or whatever. And, and then I also have a very old, um, at this point, intuitive, uh, intuitive horsemanship dvd oh, that was just for horsemanship i used to do a lot more horsemanship clinics but i was using my horses all the time and they got kind of burned out <laughs> but now that i moved some this other place i can have um people bring their horses very uh, cool so i'm i really want to get back into some of the horsemanship clinics and then i do a certification program where i train other people how to do equine guided education and it's um it, it's basically 15 days plus some online work. So it's, it's a five, it's a three day and a 10 day and then online stuff. And I have a, a book. This is a little more technical for that one. And it's equine awesome. guided education and it's horses, healing humans, healing earth is its subtitle. Very cool. And it tells you not only about that, but if it's also very, there's somatics and spirits piece in here, the nature, um, the, nature so nature is a huge part of this like horse horses are around nature and nature is also our teacher and and so i weave some of that dealing with fear moving forward and so this is sort of 
uh, it can be considered a technical book, but it's also very informative and on all different levels. And actually, I think Kansas has a chapter in here too. Does so. he really? Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, so when you started writing your book, did you always want to be a writer? Because I feel there's a lot of people, whether they're listening to us on the radio on KCA or watching our podcast, that are like, I really want to write a book, but I don't know how. I don't really. And they're afraid. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. NBC News Radio.